In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts. We promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We are all the way up to album 114, and from 2001, we have, is this, no, yes. what is it? Is this it, right? Is this it? I didn't write it down anywhere. Shit. <laughs> is this it by yeah, the strokes? That's correct. <laughs> is this it by the strokes? And and I gotta say, guys, I, I I thought I smelled toast during this album. What? <laughs> the strokes. Hey, there's a fun way to start a comedy <laughs> podcast. Uh, let's get right. In, listen, no more was, jokes like that, okay? Let's just get oh, right no. into our opening uh, radio bit. I, why do I have to introduce this every week? It's humiliating. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kiss. What's up, everybody? Oh, long intro. Here. Something I don't allow. When the sun goes down, then I'll comply. At night, we can fuck in the aisles. Oh, they don't understand. My shopping friends, they learn this firsthand. If you see the sun, you know affection is banned. More like Home Deep, no, I'm never gonna hold her hand. But last night, now she's my gorgeous bride She wants to put her hand in mine So I gave a big smile Ran down the aisle When you want to hear about the greatest That's the story of Russell time. running away from his own wedding Because she wants to hold his hand Home Deep Dope Listen, I'm so sick of songs with Home Depot if puns in them I gotta hear one more Home Depot song <laughs> I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack did I ever tell you guys the story Back of when I was better. building a water rocket launcher at Lowe's for a classroom? And they said, oh, we can't sell you the parts. My boss says this job is too dangerous. Like what you're making is too dangerous. And I was like, what? I am standing right next to a table saw. What the hell are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I could easily. It was crazy. I was like, wait, what? I'm too dangerous. Am I by some list now? <laughs> to be to be fair, did you have that mustache you have now? Uh, yeah, buy I, that, or? I looked exactly like this. Yeah, well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Makes yeah. sense. And I said, well, do you guys have a trailer to rent? Because I, all I have is this truck full of fertilizer. Truck full. <laughs> anyway, uh, so <laughs> listen, I'm here with three guys. We love to talk about the best albums from the Rolling Stone magazine or whatever we're doing. I've got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Oh, good. If this episode is, uh, you know, you're the planner of this episode, right? You do all mm -hmm. the planning and everything. If, if, if this is any indication of how well this is going already, this is going to be a banger of an episode. Banger. I'm excited. Banger coming on. We are starting at 1240 AM my time for the first episode. So this is something I got to say. 
I am the planner, uh, just like the warts on the bottom of my feet. Uh, I've got Russell oh. in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing? Rob, I heard your song. Can't you see I'm trying? I don't even like it. I just held your hand at Menards to get to your apartment. Now I'm staying for a while. And I've got Aaron out in California. Aaron recently found out that you could challenge death to any game that you want. As famous, of course, in Bill Ted's Excellent Adventure Part 2. You can challenge death to any game? Yeah, you can challenge death to any game to not take your soul. Aaron was talking about this. don't make any sense to me. Okay, so you know the Grim Reaper death, right? Yeah. You know how you have picked people playing him in chess? Have you ever wondered why? What? Have you ever wondered why they play him in chess? The... No. What? It's because you get to keep your soul. I mean, what are you guys? What, have you ever seen Bill Ted's Excellent Adventure 2? Nope. Okay, let's stop this podcast. We got to watch that right now. <laughs> I, I got stuck on all the Ernest movies a few weeks ago. I didn't make it to Bill and Ted. <laughs> Still rewatching that. Don't remind you me of a better it. bit I did. I just keep watching Exorcist 3 every day, all day, every day. So, <laughs> what? I don't even know that reference. Anybody, anybody who's watched Dahmer, the, the new series on oh, Dahmer, yeah. that's what he watched I, every day. <laughs> I made it about three minutes into that show and I was like, I can't do this. I want no part of this. This, this is not what I believe in. I if you can get through the this. first episode, if no. you can get through the first, it is, it's pretty good. But the first episode is. Horrible. Oof. It's horrible. Like, it's Oof. just bad. I love that Matt's like, that was really bad. Well, better watch the second one. I'm, I wonder if it gets better. The last thing we need to do is tee up Rob for more eating ass jokes, too. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and let me clarify. It's not horrible from like, a, this is really poorly done. It's so well done that you are so freaked out by Jeffrey Dahmer oh, and like the situation that mm. it's just, it's, it's uncomfortable. By so. the way, Russell, the fact that I didn't think of an eating ass joke is probably the most disappointed I've been in my entire life that you thought of that. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like an idiot. What I want to uh, know so is. Yeah, you can challenge death to any game, Aaron. No, I'm not done yet. We still don't understand. I'm not what done. The death to any game. What's Listen, going on? You can challenge death to a game for your soul. Aaron decided to do a pillow fight. Yeah, I guess he doesn't. He's not aware of the repercussions of that decision. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Why don't you wear? Why don't you wear your new trench coat? Oh, that that was the other one I was going to talk about. I'm glad I left it for you. Thank you. I was going to say I'm wearing nothing but my cowboy hat. Why is Rob wearing nothing but his trench coat? (laughs) I've always. I guess that's just the, that just is how the flasher is the easiest, right? Life's too real. Can we go back to your place? There's so many quotables on this album. I think you could do a flasher too, though, if you're wearing gym shorts and well, I mean, who cares about a t-shirt? I mean, if you're okay, let me ask you this question. And listen, I'm, I'm with Aaron flashing is wrong, but if you're going to do it and you're just wearing gym shorts, you could just pull them down, right? You don't have to also pull your shirt up a little like to indicate that you're like, yeah, I'm actually getting I guess, I mean, if you're wearing five inches, if you're wearing five inches, you can just pull them up too. Both, both ways. A, a pull to the side or flash? Oh, oh no. <laughs> you know, I come from a long line of pull to the cider. Yeah. So I. Oh, Speaking no. of flashing, this happened again to me today. I've, I've got, I'm on a bad trend of forgetting to zip my fly in my jeans or in yeah. my oh, pants. No. You guys ever go through it like a, yeah. this has never been an issue for me. And then within the last like four or five months, I think it's happened to me like, five or six times. No one's ever said anything. I've never been like in a group or, or in front of people, but I'll be walking from like my car to the office and I'm like, Oh shit. I, I, 
it seems to be a problem with me. I don't know if it's old age or what, but do you guys have this problem or not? Now, Russell asked me to backdate this episode two weeks. It seems like he said I have some sort of legal defense for something that happened at work today. <laughs> uh, Russell, this might this might not surprise you at all, but that happens to me all the time. I think I think the the flies on my jeans are too heavy. I think they get pulled down. Cause they just seem to be open like all the time. And I'm like, I just talked to so many people like in the lobby of my building. And, and for some reason, my jeans have an extra big fly too. I always thought flies were like little, these jeans I have, I'm serious. I think they have an eight inch fly. Like it goes like when I zip it, it's like, zzz, zzz, it's like zipping up a winter coat. It's the longest fly ever. So when it's down, it's all the way down. It's like full on. What do you think, Aaron, Matt? Do you guys have this issue? Is it old age or do you, what, what do you think is going on? I just think it's inattention, right? Like just, uh, you know, you're doing too many the restroom, you're washing time. your hands, you walk out, you know, and then you get everything just all of a sudden like, oh shit. Yeah. I totally forgot to. It does feel like certain pants just like it happens. Like it, 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 for me, if it's like, if it happens a lot, it's the same pair of shorts. I don't really wear pants very often. Shorts, same pair yes. of shorts over and over. And I'm like, oh, I, the short those pants. Damn shorts you wear the again. short pants. I wear the short pants. Can you yeah. imagine, can you guys just... And I, and I don't want to slow the show down. We have so much to talk about. Can you imagine Aaron's life where he just said, I don't really wear pants. Like that's the, that's the life I want where he's I like, bought a suit today. Yeah, I bought a suit today and I wore, I wore shorts to the suit store. So I could try on, <laughs> but I'm going to a wedding in three weeks. I don't have a black suit. So there it was. Oh, Barry from Burnsville, Barry from Burnsville. Famously always used to ask everybody, don't you hate pants? Yeah. And, <laughs> That's you know. me, man. I hate pants. Yeah. I do hate pants. Shorts actually. all day. I love I suppose shorts. if you work from home, you should never be wearing pants, right? Like, never. I wear no pants. I wear no pants. Always shorts. Remember, the, remember that ad? <laughs> I wear no pants. This is the oh, guy who doesn't get my playing games with death things. Anything that gets Russell singing is all right with me. Let's get into the voicemail. Ooh, a voicemail. We have a voicemail. They're back. Oh, yeah. Call me, maybe. On the back line, 802-277. That's 802-277-2325. Gentlemen, how we doing? Close personal relative of Aaron's here. Hey, I hear oh, you're yes. covering the strokes tonight. I can't wait to hear that in three weeks. There's really nothing like the evergreen podcast content of Beck did it better. <laughs> Anyways, I have a lot of nostalgia tied up in this band and my relative Aaron, but the main one is that in 2006, I had to pick between going to see The Strokes play a show in Kansas City on a Wednesday night or on that oh. same night going up to see Johan Santana pitch game one of the ALDS with Aaron at the Metrodome. Ooh. I chose The Strokes, the show sucked, and I still spend a non-trivial <laughs> amount of time thinking about that decision. Today, even though the twins lost, it remains the single biggest regret of my entire life, and it got me wow. wondering, what is a terrible choice that you made that still haunts you to this day? And, and let's just get this out of the way. Yeah. Starting this podcast. I know that's the joke we're all going to say. We're all going to say it. A huge mistake. We've gotten almost nothing out of this. Um, what, what, what's a, so what's a huge mistake? First of all, it, there's a chance that the twins lost because he didn't go to the game, right? Like there's a chance. It's not zero. It's not yeah, zero. It's not so zero. Think, of, think about that. I, uh, Russell, what's your big bad uh, Go to someone else. I haven't thought about it. Go to, go to Aaron or Matt first. Oh my God, I texted you guys like two I mean, ago. My, anyway. I mean, my, mine relates to this caller. This caller was here to visit me in Oakland in 2016, and he was going to be here, and Prince was playing. I've, I'm sure I've told this story before. Oh, yeah, Prince, the piano tour. Prince was playing on the piano tour at Oracle Arena, 
And I got on Ticketmaster. I had three three tickets available to, so that would have been myself, the caller, and my wife, Anna. And I was ready. And then it was like 275 bucks a ticket. And I thought about it. I don't know, it was 275 worth it. Decided not to go. We ended up just like hanging out, going to a bar, had a nice night. Yeah. But six weeks later, Prince is gone. I've never seen him live. That is the number one regret for me of my life. So flip side, he went to a concert. I didn't go to a concert. Giant regret either way. You know, my wife saw Prince in concert and she kept saying that he's, he's a big pianist. And I was, I wasn't really listening that close, but <laughs> guys, please, this podcast is so stupid. I made that joke episode 14. I made it 114 and I will make it 214. Okay. That's my promise to you. <laughs> so, so I've also talked about Prince actually before where I went to that Prince concert and then he said, Hey, if you want to keep partying, drive down to Paisley park and you pay like 20 bucks and come in and we're going to just party all night. And I was like, Oh, my kid just got home. Oh my God, it's one o'clock in the morning. Why did my kid just get home? <laughs> Speaking of regrets, she's going to regret this. Jenny is really dropping the ball here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did not go to the Paisley Park. I did not go. That was my big, big regret. But I will say uh, my other big regret. Oh my God, what was it? I just had it in my head. Oh my God. I just forgot what it was. What was Last it? weekend, I ate some eggs at breakfast and then we went out for brunch later and I really wanted the breakfast burrito, but I chose not to get the breakfast burrito because I had already had eggs in the morning. And I've been regretting that all week. Like I still, I like, fuck it. Like have eggs twice in a day. I should have just gone for the breakfast burrito. I've been thinking about it all week. Probably going to go back this weekend and try to get that breakfast burrito. I want just, your life. I'm just I want filling time so for you, Rob. I'm just filling space so you can remember, yeah. Rob. I'm trying. Wearing the short pants, eating breakfast burritos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what could be better? Yeah, eggs twice a day, Rosie. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Rob, Rob told us about this question two days ago and he can't think of any. I know. I got on Russell for not thinking about it. And then I realized I had no idea what I was going to say. God dang it. Oh, you know what? I didn't remember what it was. Every time the Vikings, with the exception of the Philadelphia game, every time the Vikings been in the NFC championship, I watched it in Vegas with you guys when they got destroyed by Philadelphia. That was really that was, fun, that actually. Was fun. We had a good time. That was fun. The other two times, the Saints and then the uh, Falcons, I changed up how I normally watch Vikings games. One, I went over to a friend's house that I've never watched a Vikings oh, game there. And the Falcons game went there live, but not with my dad. Now it was with somebody else. And it turns out that their favorite gag was with two minutes left, they would stand up and go stand by the door so they could get out first to get back to the parking. Well, if you remember in 1998, that was the game where they drove oh, down and basically like it was this huge overtime, like, it was this huge deal at the end of the game. I can't remember if it went to overtime or what, but it was like a big field goal at the end. And I was there watching it like in the concourse through the door, watching the Vikings season end and then hurrying out to the car, having no time to process what had just happened. Giant mistake. Huge. How would you feel? Do you feel like you dodged a bullet though now with that Saints game? Or would you be like, it's fine? Like, now that the we Saints like, for, game, now I that we for sure know that Brett Favre is one of the five worst people in America. Like, would you... Would you be fine with it if he had actually won that game or do you, you feel like you dodged a bullet? I got to see how nice his volleyball court would have been, though. You know what I mean? Like, if it was a really, really good volleyball court, it's like, mm, I don't know, maybe like an awesome volleyball court. Yeah, what if it leads to like a national championship for Southern Miss? I mean, does that yeah. change it? They got like tape on the court where all the out-of-bounds goes and everything. It'd be yeah. awesome, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, who do you steal money from? The government? What? Like, why, why does anybody care about people? this? Well, 
Oh no, the government, Brett Favre stole money from the government. What, what are we talking <laughs> he about here? Not. He stole money from poor people. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now the idea of my taxes going to Brett Favre and then him being like, I'm going to build a volleyball court. Actually, that kind of rocks, the Brett Favre volleyball court. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I still think it's funny that Ted DiBiase was involved in this somehow, but he's just basically been dropped. It's just all Brett Favre now. I think the million dollar man... <laughs> Scamming the government. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> it seems like the million dollar man did not, in fact, have one million dollars. Right. He was having to go out there and borrow it. If I started getting a business deal and I realized the other guy was the million dollar man, I would be very <laughs> suspicious. Okay. <laughs> like, why aren't you just front the money for this, right? Like, yeah, hey. I'd be like, hmm, I, I've what seen you a lot. You, I don't trust you. What if he offered you a thousand dollars to dribble a basketball ten times and he kicked it away from you on number ten, Rob? What would you do? It's so funny that he did that to a little kid on like national television, right? Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. And again, I'm just going to say it again. First of all, Ted DiBiase looked a lot like my dad. Second of all, just the concept of somebody being a wrestler who's rich and he just loves to wrestle—it tickles me. It just picture the rich guy right now. Now he's a professional wrestler. I mean, it's a great idea. It's a great concept. If I were going to have a Survivor Series match, my two team captains would be the Million Dollar Man and the Pleasure Principal. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I might be jumping ahead here, but one of the one of the beautiful internet eulogies that I saw for Coolio, rest in peace, was by Virgil, the Million Dollar Man's yeah, yeah. valet. They must have been buddies. Yeah, what, like what they, is he? What, what is Virgil, Rosie? What is he to the Million Dollar Man? Wasn't he the valet or what was he? He was the, I don't know, personal assistant. I'm not sure what you'd call him. <laughs> oh, Maybe a yeah. butler? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Matt, are you suggesting that perhaps this was a problematic depiction? Yeah. Maybe yeah, I shouldn't have mentioned it. These days. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, good point. I should No, we can't it. cancel Virgil. That seems reverse. Hey, Virgil, you're canceled. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> that seems bad. Uh, it is funny. I, I do think growing up, though, TV gave me an idea that a lot more people had butlers than actually do. Like in, real, in TV, I Don't saw a lot of butlers. Don't you have one, Rob? What? Don't you have one? Or is that yeah, you call, makes, her, call her your friend? She makes great cookies. <laughs> But that's not you have a, one like a butler. So what's the difference between somebody who cleans your, could I start calling the person who cleans my apartment a butler? Oh my God. I'm so. going to start. Do you have, that. do you have somebody who answers? Do you have somebody who answers the door and like takes in packages and things and I do. doesn't allow other people up to <gasps> your room? The front desk guy is my butler. Oh my God. That's so great. Yes, they do sometimes wear a suit. <laughs> this is awesome. I have a butler. Oh my God. Finally. There were so many shows. Fresh Prince. Yeah. You're like uh, Fresh Prince. Mr. Belvedere, was he a butler? What was Mr. Belvedere? My my biggest my biggest two regrets. The first, we've discussed it before. We don't need to go into detail, but getting upper deck tickets at the U.S. <laughs> Bank Stadium for the Rolling Stones. Like when you get a chance to see one of the greatest bands, one of the biggest bands of all time, and you you screw it up and don't you aren't able to enjoy any of the night. That's a pretty big fuck it's up. Too bad. It's too bad you didn't have friends that would were looking out for you, yeah, trying to help. Nobody you. meant. Nobody tried to help. Nobody was there for yeah. you. <laughs> And the other one goes back to college. I remember for months, I wanted to buy a PlayStation 2, and I kept thinking about it, but they were like 300 bucks at the time. And I was like, I can't spend 300 bucks on this. I can't even afford to buy like an oatmeal cream pie at Target or whatever. Like, I had no money, but I really wanted this PlayStation 2 so bad, so bad. And I waited and waited, and I waited months, and finally I bought it. I was like, I should have just bought it right away. Like, I think you should just give in. Give in to what you want, spend the damn money, get what you want. You can't take it with you when you die. 
you go bankrupt in the end, you probably were going to go bankrupt anyways without buying like a PlayStation. Get what you yeah. want to do. Do what you want to do. With I that. probably said that to you over and over at the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's why I want to talk to you guys. We only live once and I have this great business opportunity. I'm going to build a volleyball court <laughs> in Mississippi. Okay. Some stuff has fallen apart, but I think we could get this done. I think it's a good idea. Rob, you could stop sending us the pictures of your crotch though. Like, like Mr. Farr. Well, I, I wanted to show you what it would look like in somebody wearing tight pants on the court. Okay. But the court isn't built yet. So I had to do some computer renderings. The Crocs look very nice. Matt, what's your big regret? Did you have a big regret for a concert oh, or something you missed that you wish you would have went to? There's a, nah, not really a concert so much in eighth grade. Uh, there was this girl named Katie who was oh, yeah. trying to make out with me and I kind of chickened out and ran the other way. So that that's a big regret. Um, bought a pizza place when I was 22. That didn't work out. That was a, that was a big regret. <laughs> you learned so hey, much Matt, though. Uh, Matt, you know what? I think I went to your pizza place once and it's when you had a fantasy football draft. So I don't think your friends really did their part in helping that pizza place. Did they? It was doomed to begin. It was doomed from the beginning anyway. So live and learn. Man, I'll tell you what. I don't know why your pizza place didn't take off. It was called There's No Scabs on This Pizza. Yeah. I mean, there's no scab. It was in the name. Well, here's a little PSA for people. If if you're buying if you're buying a business but it's had four owners in the last like three years, you know, that's probably not a good sign. Like probably there's probably something else wrong. What if some of those owners have gotten picked up by the Mississippi government uh (laughs) thing (laughs) and now there's only one and he's in desperate need of somebody to come in. And there's text messages saying there's no way I can get caught doing this right that's right <laughs> that's the best <laughs> yeah i would say there's get, no way this can get out to the public yeah. is there <laughs> i would say if, if you're asking if you can get caught you're doing yeah. something bad right like yeah. i'm not going to the grocery store and buying ham and be like well i hope nobody catches me doing this <laughs> <laughs> but if i'm going to the grocery store in a trench coat and then putting the ham on the glass a reverse deli case scenario putting i the want ham you to think about glass? this i'm at the deli reverse. case right <laughs> i asked the guy to look in he looks in. I put my butt on the glass. The meat is on the glass, but it's reverse. He's seen it from the inside. That would blow I his mind, I bet. The reverse deli case was actually the Pleasure Principle's finishing move. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hit him with the reverse deli case. He's putting the ham on the glass. <laughs> Rolling going, Aaron. How's it going with you? I'm going to actually make a little shirt of me putting this. It's going pretty good. Although I will say I have a, I have a touch of melancholy tonight. Um, I love, Mm. I fucking love this album so much. I wore the CD out in my Chevy S 10, uh, in which I shared an uncomfortably close ride with Russell and Rob many years ago. Love this album. And so sometimes when it's an album that I love, I'm super stoked, got to the end of the week, stoked to talk to you guys about it, but I feel already the, our caller referenced the, the nostalgia for this album. I feel a lot of nostalgia for this album. And then knowing that it was so long ago, it just feels like, Oh yeah. The passage of time. And so when this, when this episode is over, it's just one more day gone in my life. So I feel a little, a little you're, tinge you're of sadness. Old, <laughs> Aaron, yeah. if, Aaron, if your CD of this went to the bar, it could buy a drink. Yeah. Like that's, 
That's bad. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. very bad. Well, I, I've got to. I got to get into the. I need some advice. Actually, I need a little bit of advice. The corner. I might have to get into oh the corner. God. I need a little bit of advice. A little bit of advice. Aaron, Aaron, the advice. Don't put the ham on the glass. <laughs> I, I can't. Every time I put the ham on the glass, somebody tells me it's a bad idea. Yeah, he'd be like, "What is there? There's roast beef outside the deli case." <laughs> What the? Uh, I'm not. I'm. It, so this is not a Halloween question. It's a. It's a different costume question. I'm not generally a costume oh, guy. Wait. wait, it's not a Halloween costume. It's a different, different costume. Different costume question. Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Makes sense. Is it a, is it generally, a, is it a uh, fuck this. <laughs> How big of a ball do I need to put in my mouth? <laughs> Like, I'll tell you what, chase. a small ball gag does not do a job. You could talk right through it. Sorry. Oh, is that is that even regulation size? Yeah, no. I I would say the smallest you could have a ball gag, I think, is racquetball size, right? Like any smaller, any smaller. Like if it's a golf ball size, you'd be like, well, this is a, a little uncomfortable, but it's actually not too bad. Like, well, I hope you still got jokes after he actually asked my question because these are some great jokes. I'm going to cut to the chase. There's a benefit auction for my son's school in November. Oh, nice. mm-hmm. And and the parents are required to dress up. And I've heard my son's in kindergarten. And I've oh, already man. heard the older parents make fun of the kindergarten parents because they don't really bring their A game when it comes to costumes. Oh, but the no. theme. Competitive parenting. The theme is People toy need to get lives. Yeah. Toy shop? The theme is toy shop. And toy I have shop. no fucking idea what to wear for a costume. Also, we've discussed before, elf. I have wear no hair. So it's really difficult to do a co- an elf costume, yeah. like elf the show, elf the movie, or like an elf. Yeah. Elf, like a keeper elf. Yeah, that's, I, wh- whoever one works at a toy shop, right? I, I okay. just don't. Yeah, I don't. What's that's in the bad. toy shop? Or you just bad. tell them to go fuck themselves because why <laughs> need to just. Cripes. How about this? I'm going to give you. What's that? I'm going to give you an idea, Aaron. And this is this is an idea you can bring, and you can actually use it later that night as well. And that is, you put in a ball gag. You just get a ball gag and say, "Oh, I didn't understand what kind of toy shop you're talking about." He's he's walking around with like one of those high halai scoops and then a ball gag in his mouth instead of. You got like knee high socks on there too. Oh my god! You could you could go like as a hungry hungry hippo and have like a big white ball gag that you walk around with the whole time. Oh. And Anna's just back there, just pushing your back. <laughs> you keep like chomping down on the ball gag, but it doesn't yes. make you show it up. Oh man. People would, I mean, we'd be memorable, right? People would they'd be like, remember, like, excuse me, sir, why do you think it's okay to wear a ball gag to an elementary school benefit? And you're like, are you all sure? What was? It was toy shop. Toy the theme was toy shop. What? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was. I worked out at the pleasure principal. I, uh... <laughs> but really, what, what's wrong? What is wrong with people, Rosie? If they're going to make man. fun of the kindergarten Right. It's, hazing. it's, it's hazing. like a hazing it's ritual. Is. Right. I've heard. I yeah. got the other day, the other day we got an email from a parent at Leo's school oh, no. that had a, like a 16 point bullet point outline about why the lunch is so bad oh. and what they should do about it. What? And if anybody is with us, you know, please yep. email me back. So we, and I'm like, what the fuck do people do? Right. What yeah. is going on in your life? These pizzas are covered in scabs. God, is your <laughs> 
<laughs> is your child getting enough calories? Then show up. Like, yeah. Right. Or They're you know fine. what? Pack a damn lunch yeah, and send it. Lunch. You know what I mean? Like, if you're worried about it, send a lunch. Now, listen, listen, parents are the worst. Okay. <laughs> trust, <laughs> just, just trust me on that. Yeah. Here's the thing. Do you think it's possible that this is a fake costume situation? Well, this is a prank. Yes. They do it by garden parents. It's it a, hey, we're all going to dress up. We'll show up. Yeah. Just like we did in college. We would always tell the freshmen because, you know, yep. college football games are on Saturday. So we tell the freshmen, hey, just like high school, we all wear our jerseys on Friday <laughs> to our classes in college. And all the freshmen wear their jerseys and we would howl. We thought that was the funniest joke because they looked like dinks. And then we'd go down and get destroyed by 55 points and be like, oh, oh, oh. That joke yesterday was sure was funny. And then Saturdays, you'd all be walking around with ball gigs. In yeah. mouth, right? I remember my freshman year, I was like, you know, everybody in this football team seems pretty good. Why are we such, people say we're going to be a bad team. I can't believe it. And then I was starting and I was like, oh, I, I get why. I'm 18 and I'm going against 23 year olds. I'm going to be destroyed. A part of any club that would have me as But a you member. know, Duluth did that where they would say to the hockey players, hey, new freshman hockey players, we're going to go stand at midfield. Uh, for the football game, you know, go out and they're going to announce you and everybody's excited to meet the freshmen. So they would take him out on the first football game. They'd stand out a half field and absolutely nothing would happen. And so the <laughs> hockey players would just be standing out there. Nobody said anything. The teams would run back on and the players would be like, oh, and they'd just walk off. Maybe that's so going to happen funny. to me in my ball gag. But I think, I mean, if it, if it happens, I'll be happy to be there in my ball gag. So, so I'm gonna what get- are you... What are you leaning towards right now, Aaron? Are you going to do like some sort of Toy Story character, or what? what I if did you had say, to do it I, tomorrow. What are you going to do? I did. I did suggest maybe Toy Story, but I kind of like Matt's Elf idea. So I don't know. I, I mean, we're going to try to do something together. So uh, maybe Toy Story, oh, a family costume. Well, Wallace doesn't get to go. It's a parent event. So yeah, but like, so you and your you and your wife are going to wear like team costume. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the other oh, thing. God, is, I, I could never do this. I could. I couldn't. Too Somebody invited us to dip out early and go out to dinner. <laughs> so I do have to wear something that is like <laughs> dinner appropriate. So I don't know. Maybe the ball game isn't. I mean, how am I going to eat? I would love to go out to dinner with my wife. We're both wearing ball gags. We'd just both be on our phones and be like, this is the best date ever. How are you doing? What? How are you doing? It's just beautiful folds. Okay, let's be on folds. This is very good. Now, here's the problem, though. You're going to dinner with ball gags? What? I, I the eat. fries are just hitting the ball gag. You're like, no. <laughs> Trying to get them around. Why did I around think this was a good idea? Gag? All right. Well, I appreciate the the advice, guys. I knew I knew I came to the right place. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get out of the corner. I'm wondering how it's rolling going. Advice corner. Oh yeah. I'm wondering how it's rolling going with Matt. That's what I want to know today. Um, I still don't know what flashlights to see Menzies is. I've I've started (laughs) asking other people to try to figure it out. I need to know. I don't know. Put that that ball gag back in and try to pronounce it. Maybe maybe it'll all come together. Okay, we'll see. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was two high school bands down in New Orleans, St. Augustine and Carr, and they were at a football game. And they were having a band off, which I thought was pretty darn awesome. A band off. They wouldn't leave the stadium first. The bands kept playing for an hour and a half after the football game. I was going to look for a clip, but no thanks. Yeah, (laughs) but they're there. So the band, the, uh, the, the baton twirlers, the flag, everybody was still there. And finally, the cops came and told them they just, it's time to go. 
It's wow. time to go. I mean, just it, and all you heard for an hour straight was dun dun Everybody's doing all the stuff, so I just I don't know. I just thought that was pretty gangster of a band to just say, "Nope, I'm we're staying." We're not. We're not going to be the first ones to to call it quits. What if professional bands did this? Like they had an air. Maybe they've done these battles. I know you were talking about this during the pandemic. But what if, like, you had like the Rolling Stones and Queen come into the same stadium and they just start playing back and oh. forth until the crowd boos one of them Jeez. out of there? I mean, absolute dream. That would be amazing. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, the Yeah Yeah Yeahs are coming out with a new album. Yeah, they dropped. Yeah, dropped today. Today, their, their release, yesterday, today. Their release yeah. concert is about two miles from me. Over in, oh, you uh, should go over in Queens when? right now, Saturday night, tomorrow night. Oh, go. I heard two of the tracks. It's I have not really heard any of it. Good. I heard it on the way home from football game I was at. And I'm like, I cannot wait to listen to that. Yeah. So yeah. I love the yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, they kind of came out at the same time as oh, the yeah, strokes. They're, they're part of this whole scene. Yeah. It's very appropriate. You know, and so like, I love the yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot wait to listen to it. So yes. I'm super excited great, for that. Great band name too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can already see Russell be like, cut, cut, we're cutting the band. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we, I brought it up already, but, you know, I started watching, we, we brought it up, the Dahmer series on Netflix, oh, right? No. And it's one of those things where <laughs> here's my problem. Okay. And it's not really about the Dahmer series. I actually think it's pretty good. It's freaking freaky to watch, right? It's creepy. It's freaky. It's not good. I would think that would, it's not funny, huh? It's not a funny. It's not, okay. It's not, not a, it's like a humor. No, not okay. funny at all. Not funny at all. But it's like top 10 on Netflix, right? And everybody's watching it. There's 10 episodes. Oh. Do I have to get through it? I mean, like, no. it, it feel like no. there's this nah. pulling to, like, get through it. You guys ever have that where, like, you're yeah. like, oh, I don't know. I just, I got to see how this ends because everybody's watching it kind of a thing. As soon as you have that feeling, it's over. You shouldn't be watching anymore. It's a sickness we have of, like, this completionist of, like, well, if somebody asked me about it, I really want to say, yeah, I finished it. Nobody's ever going to ask you about it. Like, no, it, give yourself the thing, permission, like, let it go. Uh, yeah, you want to know how it ends? He, he gets killed in prison. Like, it's, it's yeah. not a fun ending either. <laughs> there you it's, go. it's not great. So, <laughs> yeah. No. All right. Well, I, I feel like Netflix has hit on something, at least with me, with doing that top 10 thing. So, like, there was this movie, Lou, right? It was like, Top ten, and I was like, "What the fuck is this movie?" But it's some lady in the oh, Northeast Captain who Alabama. saves a saves their you know so his daughter or something. It's actually, it turns out to be a granddaughter. Spoiler alert! You know, every kind of could see that coming from a mile away. But it was a great movie. It was a great just throw it on kind of an action movie, things like that. So I don't know. I'm a sucker for the top ten. I like it. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. So that, that's all I had on my list. I got to figure out what Menzies is. Maybe please, <laughs> please keep asking around. So begging you, rolling, going, Russell. How's it going with you? Rolling, going. Things are going really well. I the other night I went out on another adventure. I know Rob's never been to one of these before. They don't really have them in New York City, but I went to a comedy club. I went to Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis. Rob, you ever been to a comedy show before? Are you guys it's, comedy people or not? It is all we do when people come visit. Jenny and I, the other day for her birthday, we went to two comedy shows in one week. We see the same acts. We see that we, and, and it, it's a great time every time. It's it's fantastic shows, going out to live comedy. Aaron, Matt, do you guys comedy guys? Do you ever go or not? I I feel like if I know who they are or if I'm going to New York and Rob is like, look, this is a great spot. You know, it's like a out of town thing to go. But I feel like the ones in Minnesota are just very bland and there's not like the 
the flavor that you get from the New York comedy scene and like the actual place has been around for a while. It feels like they try to throw them in. Like there's one at Dave and Buster's now they have like a comedy show up in, in Southdale. And I'm like, what? Or right hey. below Dave and Buster. Like, what am I going to go to that? Hey, I don't know. What's the deal with video games that don't even take quarters. You need to have like a card or something that you fill at David Buster's. I mean, get out of here with that. Great jokes. Great <laughs> jokes. I think Great I jokes. told the story that the last time I went to one was at the Starline social club in Oakland. And I think we didn't know for sure it was happening till we got there. So it was in this side room and we went in late Good and start. Anna, Anna and I ended up sitting on opposite sides of the aisle. And, uh, we, be, I became fodder for a lot of jokes, like about how, like, Oh, are you guys together? Is everything okay? Like it was like, so I, I definitely became the, the brunt of several jokes from one of the, uh, I do like acts. going to, I do like going to shows like if Bill Burr's in town is coming like next week or something like that, or somebody, you know, I do like going to shows if you know the people, but you know, just to go to the comedy club, it, 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 it feels tough in Minnesota. So I'm excited to hear what your take was, Russell, because Acme is kind of a famous one for Minnesota, isn't it? I think so. I think it's one of the, it's probably the most famous one in Minnesota that I know of or at Minneapolis. Rob, you're the expert. Yeah, I think, think it's, I think it's probably is. I don't know. I only go to the village underground here because it's the best of the best. Did I tell you guys when I went to see my friend do stand up? Did I ever tell you that story? Is no. this, I is had. This, is this the time you took me there? There was supposed to be someone famous performing and that famous person wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, that was probably, that happens all the time or a famous person shows up, but they've been canceled like two months earlier. So we have to make a decision what we're going to do. It's like, yeah, hey, they, got this, they got this great bit on how they wanted to build a volleyball court down in Mississippi. But it just seems, it seems wrong to me because actually his co-host explained who the money was coming from and then he felt bad, but he was backed into a corner. So he didn't know what to do. He had to lash out. Um, yeah, no, I think it's good. What was I? What was I going to say? <laughs> Honestly, I've been trying to think of another Dave and Buster's bit. Not really paying attention, guys. I, there's so, something about Inky Plink, Inky Blinky, and Pinky, and the ghosts, and how Pac-Man. I mean, so here's the deal, right? The ghosts is Pac-Man is are the ghosts dead Pac-Men? What the fuck is happening? The ghosts and Pac-Man are they dead Pac-Men? Is that who they are? Because what ghost so. looks like that? And then you're eating ghosts. None of it makes sense to me. See, this is the bit at Dave and Buster's that I'm working on. It's, I'm working on it. You're workshopping it. You're in a safe space, Rob. You're in a safe space. What's the deal with the Aerosmith game? You have guns, but you shoot CDs? Like, it's so weird. You guys remember that old game? Okay, never mind. No. Rob, I actually think you might fit in pretty good in the Minneapolis comedy scene if you keep it up like that. <laughs> so the one thing about the Acme Comedy Club, what they do is they have a restaurant above it, and they do a thing where... You buy tickets to the club and you get, it's part of your, you can do a meal if you want. So if you want to go early, you can go to the restaurant and your ticket price essentially comes out of your dinner. So if you pay 36 bucks or 40 bucks for two tickets, they take that off your meal price. So you get into the show oh. and you get money Surf off your, yeah, right? Yeah. Order the salad. I'm going to make money off this place. They're going to be, give me money. At the end. <laughs> but so I'm curious to see what you guys think of this. So I, I go there with a comedy fan, big comedy fan. And oh, so we right. get there and there's this big restaurant. There's like two people in the restaurant. It's empty. It's like no, dead oh, empty. Gone. Goodbye. What, what, Leave. It, it looked like, it looked like Matt's Broadway pizza from circa 2001. Oh, no. Strokes no. Were on it. Like <laughs> scab free pizza. There's no scabs. <laughs> I don't know if there was like scab free, uh, <laughs> scab free fish or what was going on, but you guys ever go into the, you go into a restaurant and there's like nobody there. Does it ever yeah. worry you or what do you think yeah. of that? Oh yeah. Absolutely worries. you. Definitely. Like, what the hell's going Yeah. My oh, move is that happens is chicken quesadilla if they got a chicken quesadilla that's what i'm ordering it can only be so bad right like there's only 
There's a, there's a, I feel like there's a, a floor for a chicken quesadilla. If it comes with some guac, some sour cream, you're okay. Maybe a little bit of hot sauce. You can if, make how it did they listen, cook the chicken? Listen, when you know, walk yeah. in, boiled probably. <laughs> if you, if you walk in and the waitress looks at you with surprise that you're in the restaurant, that is a bad <laughs> sign. You need to leave. Like if she's talking to the bartender and then she goes, oh, and then kind of like jumps back, you need to get out. If right. you go down to the comedy show, is it just the four of you? No. So people started showing up for the comedy show and that's where it got mm. worrisome. It's like, People are actually showing up to watch the comedy and nobody is showing up for the meal part of it beforehand. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is not a good sign. Even our waiter said like with, you know, 40 minutes before the show he's like, hey, here's your tab. I got to go down and serve in the in the comedy cellar now. So it's like oh, they the just abandoned game. the restaurant early because nobody's up there. So what did you order? I would say, Russell, unless the other person at the restaurant, you look over and it's Albert Einstein and he's going like this to you, like pointing at his forehead. <laughs> it's not a good decision. Unless it's, unless it's you and Albert. We ordered some scab-free steak and a scab-free <laughs> salmon, I believe. Here. And so it, the food was yeah, fine. It, it wasn't great, yeah. but it wasn't bad. It was fine. It's got to be all right. But so anyways, we go down to the comedy, the comedy spot. And it's downstairs, just like they do it out in New York. Fancy New Yorkers. I got to walk downstairs. It makes them feel more important. Feels like a big deal or whatever. But so I'm curious to see what you think of this, Rob, because you've gotten through this. So they walk us to our seats. They walk us up. They put us in the very front row, right in front of the comic, not off yep. to the side, not yep. a few rows back. We are legit as close to the front as you could be. What do you? What do you think about being in the front row at a comedy show like that? Love it. I was at, I've been at the front row the last couple I go to. And the last one, the guy thought I was a cop the whole time. He kept saying, are you a cop? And I was like, I'm a middle school teacher. He's like, man, that's pretty close. You both like short, short sleeve shirts. And I was like, yeah, that's about it. Um, no, I love it. I love being up front. Give me, guess what? Put me on blast. You know what? It might surprise you, Russell. I kind of like the attention. <laughs> Would so you, I, do you I, ever if would you like would you try to stay straight face like if you were sitting in the front row would you be like a is like a make me laugh kind of thing or do you just like let it let it no fall? you got oh no I'm fully supportive you have to laugh loud and laugh quick I'm getting the rest of the crowd going I'm thinking to myself the comic and I are kind of like a team okay and that's why when I like riff back and forth and I say stuff from the crowd he actually likes it he acts like he's really mad at me but he likes it a lot. So I, I've told you guys this before. I don't want to be in the front row. I don't want to be picked what? on by the comic. And I think, Matt, you've said this. We've talked about this before. Matt doesn't want someone picking on him either. Like, you know, go F yourself. Just do your show. I don't want to be picked on. But so we get in the front and you start thinking, like, is this really where I want to watch the show? Do I really want to be in the front? If I need to go to the bathroom, I got to walk out while they're yeah. performing right in front of you. If, you know, if if you're not having a good time, you, you you're stuck the whole time. It's like. So we ended up sitting in the front row. <laughs> Russell's but life so is what, a nightmare. What is your, like, <laughs> Rob, what do you think is an appropriate interaction with the comic? Because there was a lady over to the right of us who started talking with the comic. Nope. And it became overboard <laughs> where she was like, it got really strange. But, like, what is your responsibility as an audience member at a comedy show? If they interact with you, do you interact back? Do you ignore it? What do you do? You talk less than they do. You understand that you the, you are there to get a laugh and you do your bit. Like, if they say something, you just say one sentence back. You don't try to make it. Do not. Do, do not even fucking think about making a joke. Do not try to make a joke. It will not be funny. And if it is, that's even worse for the comic. They will get mad at you and come at you even harder. You, you have to just be the straight man in the whole thing. No attention to yourself. There, there was some interaction. They didn't interact with me. They may have interacted with someone I was with there. Uh-oh. And... We'll just move it along. But but there was some people over on the left on the other side, and he started asking them questions. 
And it turns out they were on a first date at a comedy show. What do you guys think of a comedy show as oh, a first date spot? We no, we have discussed yeah. this with we Music have. Mike 69. Yeah. He took her to a comedy show and it's great because they are laughing, they are having a good time, and it has absolutely nothing to do with you. And they're just going to associate you with a good time. Plus, it's an automatic, you're going to have a couple drinks. You get to talk a little beforehand. You have something to talk about afterwards. You can, I mean, I, I think it's a great, I I think answer, it's a perfect thing to go to. I actually want to answer Russell's question with a question. I'm just going to throw out a number here. Maybe I'm I, I just, just a number. What do you think about it for like a, I don't know, 56th, 57th date? Yeah. You know, maybe or, like a 70th date. Like where maybe like a thousandth. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, what do you think about infinitely, it for like any of those, any of those, any of those number numbers of dates. somewhere in there? Maybe it's like a never ending. You feel like maybe you're <laughs> stuck in a loop and it's just never, you just do the same stuff. Maybe you live in the biggest city in the world with so much stuff to do. And yet you only go do the same two things all the time. The other thing I was going to ask you guys at a comedy show, where is the line between someone bombing and someone bombing so bad that it now becomes funny. Cause oh, like I, a, I a got a kick line. out of someone bomb. Like yeah. when they're bombing at the beginning, a lot of times it's cause they're doing brutal jokes. It's the type of thing where they'll <laughs> say like, well, I'm not a bad guy, but I'm now I'm going to make a joke that pretty much shows right. I'm a bad guy. Right. Or hey, have you heard about the volleyball uh, court that I'm building in Mississippi <laughs> and who it's taking money from? And actually I thought it was the government, but it wasn't, it was somebody way who deserved it more actually. So the second comic, the quote unquote feature comic was just bombing. It was horrible. Their jokes were not funny. They were going and looking at the paper on their stool every few minutes, trying to come up with anything. But after like five minutes of them, just like staring at the crowd going, so nope, not good. Not good. And (laughs) at some point it became funny to watch them bomb. So Rob, where is the line between bombing? And now they've gone over the line far enough where it now becomes funny to watch them just crash and burn. You know, it's like, it's like hardcore porno. Oh. I know it when I see it. <laughs> okay. And I've got a lot of it and uh, how on often my hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a lot, actually. <laughs> I know when I see it and hear it, actually, and uh, know, <laughs> know what to search for it. I actually have the same four search terms. Got in kind of a rut doing the same thing. I mean, the internet's so big, you could do whatever you want, red, yet I'm doing red, the same three red things. bikini, red bikini. Yeah. I mean, red. when you type in like MILF dirty talk and you're like, I've seen this one. I don't know. I, I think it's fun sometimes to see it. To see, that's the that's beauty of live art, right? Like things go wrong. You don't get to edit out big chunks where you talked about like maybe weird stuff that you don't want everybody to know about actually. Speaking of things going wrong and crashing and burning, Rob, rolling, going, how's it going with you? What's your guys' pillow situation? Mine's pillow fucked. Situation. My oh, pillow situation right now oh, is oh, fucked. What? You got a great one. Okay. Yeah, I, got a, I got a fantastic pillow. Here's how how many of them have Beck did it better on it? <laughs> <laughs> red bubble, red bubble, red bubble. So here's the deal. I've got three pillows. One is a giant king size pillow that covers up half a king size bed. It has no pillowcase on it for some reason and never has. I don't know why, just the way it is. It is full of like a... It is super full. It's like this thick. I mean, it's like a foot and a half thick, super full, super stiff. Okay. So that's my main pillow. My head is like nickname in college. It's, it's the main super full. Super full. That's a great nickname. This this pillow is too big. Okay. This is the bear. This is a Goldilocks situation. This pillow is way too big. My other pillow is old and lumpy. And it's feathers and the feathers poke me at night when I'm sleeping. And it's very uncomfortable because like the, the pins of the feathers are poking my face. I think it also uses the hair dryer at the gym to dry its balls off. Right, Rob? <laughs> oh, the pillow? <laughs> I've seen some guys that you would confuse. If they were in a pillow factory, they would blend in like camouflage for sure. <laughs> Just white and lumpy. 
Yeah. And a little bit of the hair sticking out. Um, here's the thing. Then my third, my other pillow, the third pillow is like non-existent. It's just too light. I've been to a store to buy pillows, like Bed Bath & Beyond. And you literally just put your head on pillows in the store. It's humiliating. I need to up my pillow game, guys. What should I be doing right now? I think you double up. You take you take the one firm one and the one super light one and you double it. You've got to start making combinations of different pillows and find a combination that works. Wait, what? What do you mean combine? You got to use like, two pillows. You don't use one. You use two. You get two of the really light ones and see if that that fits your needs. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I just don't I, that's the thing, right? Does any why isn't there just one really good pillow? All, I think why isn't there you, like I mean, an apple of pillows where I can just pay more money and I know it's good? Like, give I me that pillow. You gotta, well, I think you do need to switch pillow. I think, I think you need a new pillow about every nine months. I think you can't like we our heads no. are heavy, man. Shut up. Yes, you can't. Shut yes, up. you nine cannot months? keep using the same pillow for long. Yes, you, Rob. You have so much money. You don't have to worry about shit. Like, you should be spending mm. money on pillows. You got like you got money. disposable income. You should be mm. buying a new pillow every nine months. You'll, you'll thank me. So you don't need to be using the same pillow for as so long what? As I just go on Amazon and buy pillow. Like what? No, do you I go. Buy? To, like, you go to a sleep store and buy a nice oxygen pillow. And they're there's this and there's this great pillow. guy that I've I mean I've I've I've, I've kind of heard his no more, like he's got I some other stuff going, going on no. <laughs> you know like but I I think he's really got, I think he's really onto some things yeah. but like he sells these things called my pillows or something like that like <laughs> well you're not going to believe who's sponsoring this episode. <laughs> it's gonna blow your mind. We bought a few listeners, and <laughs> ran into some trouble Listen, in a Hardee's drive-through the other we day. Cannot, <laughs> we cannot be bought. Who goes to a Hardee's? Right? Haven't you seen those ads where it makes you think that hot women are eating Hardee's? I went to Hardee's so much after those ads. You guys know what I'm talking about? No. Where they had the super attractive <laughs> women eating big, gross Hardee's hamburgers. Is this a dream I had? Is this a I used to go to Hardee's sometimes after going to Billy's on Grand and then crashing at Russell's place in St. Paul. And then the next morning I'd step at that Hardee's on Lexington. That was my, that's probably oh my the last God, time I went to Hardee's. You'd go to two Hardee's in 24 hours? <laughs> Do you think like when someone pulls through a Hardee's, they have some level of shame that's higher than pulling through a different fast food place? I just, what, what is the worst fast food place to see somebody you know? And I'm talking well, that you're, it's Hardee's. I'm it's talking that you're, box. you're in the building. You're in the building. Oh, you're you're your inside Hardee's. And you look and somebody's oh. like walking outside. They're not in the building, but they, but they see you <laughs> and it's eye contact and it's somebody you work with, but you're not friends with them. You know what I mean? Is Hardee's the worst one to be caught in? I mean, it's like it's worse than White Castle. Going into okay. a Taco Bell is bad news, guys. Like it's, <laughs> can't be going Taco into a Taco Bell's Bell, all right? Good. Taco Bell is above the, above the fray. That's a good one. Inside? There's just, you get, have you ever eaten <laughs> Taco Bell on a tray and you get done eating, you get done eating Taco Bell on a tray and it's just paper. There's like a thousand pieces of paper and you're like, damn, I ate a ton of shit. There's so much paper on this tray. Humiliate. Everybody can see how much you ordered because there's just paper. Rob, my sister actually, she lives in Rochester, the, the town you, you grew up in. And supposedly they have a new Taco Bell that is down by one of the hospitals. And supposedly that's where everyone goes for lunch. Now, like the Taco Bell in Rochester is like the most popular spot in the city of Rochester. Is it a cantina? Is it a Taco Bell cantina? Yeah, that's where you nice. get alcohol. Yeah, those are Maybe, nice. Maybe, I don't know. You can get fucked know. up on Baja Blast just like God intended. <laughs> what, about a, what about a KFC? Rob, you're standing yep. in a KFC and you've got a big mm. bucket of chicken and a bunch of sides and stuff and someone walks in and you look them in the eye. Or what do you do? And they're like, oh, sir, here's your KFC. Uh, the stuff you ordered from Long John Silver is going to take a little longer. <laughs> 
And you look at your coworker, you're like, <laughs> I like the fish here. It's actually pretty good if you're trying it. You, at that point, you'd almost have to just lie and say you were just in there because you needed to use the bathroom and throw some water away or something, right? You'd have to put your hand in your pocket like this and be like, okay, give me all the money in the register. I'm not buying food here. I'm robbing the place, okay? Don't tell everybody at work I was buying food at KFC and Long John Silver's. I'm, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for my getaway cars, Brett Favre for the million dollar man to pull around through the drive through a million dollar man, you're driving your own car? What happened to your valet? Where's your million oh. dollars? Where's your butler? <laughs> Woke mind virus. You guys know Virgil can't work for me anymore. It's so, so bad. Woke mind virus. All right. Jesus. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate the advice oh, uh, about my pillows. So that was very Get good. Okay. That was Russell's advice. Rob's oh, pillow corn. Man, I feel like you're a guy that robs pillow corn. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say what I was going to say. Rob's. Matt, Matt, you seem like a guy no, that's got... between the pillows. You've got some Lake's good pillows. Purple. You've got some good pillows, don't you? I do have like a $120 pillow, I think. And it's like one side what? is really squishy. Whoa. The other side is supposed to keep you See? Cool, cool at yes, night. Yes, I knew Matt had a good pillow. It's just... You've know, awesome. got to spend money on pillows, man. Yeah. You can't cheap out on them. you got to treat yourself. And Matt, yeah. think about that. Over When you're replacing that every nine months, I mean, you're, you're going to go broke. Replacing yeah. that $120 pillow every nine months. Rob can't even afford his own toothbrush. He can't afford that type of pillow. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. Don't get me started on the toothbrush thing again. Yeah. Listen, let's talk about the album. Oh, music podcast. Let's talk right. about the album. Oh. Guys, did I call that Matt was going to have the best pillow? I knew it. I just knew it. I would put my pillow up against Matt's pillow, but I'm, I'm happy to have that, that contest someday. All right. We'll do it. You I'm, and me. I'm here for our contest. Yep. Yeah. Wait you get that. I'm sure, guys, if, by the way, if you do buy a Beck to a better pillow, it's of the highest quality. Okay? <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind that it is. Listen, we hey, are- Hey, t- it, it, it will stay cool all the time because you'll never have anyone who will ever accept uh, sleeping on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like a pillow that I can easily take to the couch without my wife waking up. As I sleep. never mind, that's too much, too personal. Um, we this, finally hit the limit. The Strokes, <laughs> we the, found it. The Strokes are a the Strokes are a New York band, right? And they released basically They're so the, New York. Rob, this is the most New York band we've had since Velvet Underground. I'm so excited for you. What about the Ramones? What about uh, what about yeah, television? Television? Did we just do? Did we just do this? More, these guys are more New York. Like they're the New Yorkest New Yorkers we've heard for a while. Yeah, New York has a great music scene. I highly recommend seeing the same comics over and over instead. Um, so, but basically, they released this three. They released this. They had this three song long play, right? That they had, and all of a sudden, when they released that, they became the biggest band. I mean, this is two thousand. This is in the two thousands, early two thousand. This became the big band that all of a sudden everybody's like, "This is going to revolutionize music." a huge bidding war erupts between all these record companies. And they signed with some British record company where all of a sudden they release the album first in Australia. They tour in Australia. They release the album in Japan. They go over and tour Japan. They take them over to the UK, do a sold out tour in the UK. They, they super successful instantly. The album, everybody knows it's going to be a huge hit. It is a huge hit. After that tour, they're out touring with the, they're opening for the Rolling Stones. And the thing is, is that this, Really, I mean, if, when you listen to this music, it's this two guitar band. It, the music, the guitars are kind of bouncing and fun. 
it's a very, the, the lyrics are a little bit angsty and it's this very particular noise of him singing through this little amp. It's kind of this fuzzy uh, noise the whole time. But basically he said, I wanted to sound like a band from the past that took a time machine and is showing you what music's like from the future. And I got to say, I was like, damn, I love that. I love yeah. thinking about like, I want to be, a, I, I just love it. And so th- they, they really, they did most of this album live. And uh, have you guys ever seen, I just wanted to say this. Oh, I, I should say this. There's a quote from BBC's, BBC's uh, Radio One. Let's see, that link is purple. Zane Lowe suggests that the album moved popular opinion from DJs and pop music to skinny jeans and guitars, the template for rock and roll in the modern day. This is the album that changed everything in the early 2000s as far as music. And you, have you ever seen the internet? Did you guys see the international cover for this? Yes, but pull it up anyway, because it's incredible. Did you see, Russell, so did you see better it? Than the, so much better than the CD I had. I mean, look at that. That's the international <laughs> cover right there. It's this nude woman, very similar to the uh, Spinal Tap album cover, Smell the Glove, where it's this nude woman wearing a black glove like on her hip and it is unbelievable. It's a top album cover of all time. And I'm not going to do so my nipple list. I got edited out that one time. What? Why'd they change it then? Too sexy. Can you imagine in 2001, an album cover is too sexy. They can't sell it. No, I've been jacking off to the Sergeant Pepper's cover guys. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> But nobody laughed at my earlier stuff. So now Matt I'm saying Aaron, it. we got to start laughing. Hey, energy up for Matt and Aaron. We need to start laughing at Rob's I, jokes. If, I didn't know that if was we, a joke. Going to, I didn't know that was a joke. The, you're wearing those outfits. I'm like, oh my God, it's like a colorful I Napoleon. I didn't, I didn't know that was a joke. Oh my I love God. It. So let's get into. Yes. Let's cry, get for, into cry for help, maybe. Let's get into <laughs> Is This It? Uh, and the, the Aaron. I'm going to do it to you. I'm going to do it it to to you again. Let's hear it. And this was a big track, Aaron. This was a hit. These, this is a big titular track. This is a big one to me, man. Big titular track. Is this it? I mean, this this album, I wrote, it's dirty, but clean. Like the recording is so clean. When this baseline hits, this baseline is in my head at least twice a week. When this thing drops, it's over for me. For that, from then on, I was in on this album. I listened to it so many fucking times. I, I wrote the same thing here, and I said, "Is that the bass line I like the most, or what?" Yeah, I, I'm with oh, him. Oh man, but he he's fucking just singing on that thing. I don't even know. I, but this for some... me was also like I listened to this music so much, and I never saw the Strokes live. But I tried to see every band who was trying to be the Strokes after that. Everyone that came to Minneapolis. I idealized this lifestyle they were living. I loved it. It was everything to me. It's also the period of of my life where I was not reading about music much at all, other than like maybe the album review in Rolling Stone and like go out and buy the CD. So like, I can't even remember other than Julian Casablanca's. I can't remember the guy's names in the band. I know so little about them, but I've listened to this album so much. The modern age. I love the drums here. This whole album is brilliant pre-choruses. Like leading you into the chorus, it's so good, this whole thing. And the guitar is crystal clear and high, and the voice is like a guitar. They like switch the sounds around so much, you know what I mean? 
the, the voice has a guitar tone and the guitar has a voice tone. This, this, this kind of this is a little bit chuglin though. I think they're they're chuglin a little bit here. A little bit of CCR and some chuglin. What do you guys think of the distorted vocals? You like them? Is that, is that what makes this different, or what do you guys think of that? I never, I never thought about it. I did. What? I didn't. It didn't even occur to me until Rob <laughs> mentioned it. I just like. I just listened to this so much. Like it never occurred to Every me that they were distorting it. I know. I know. Album, you're totally right. It just. Never it sounds like to he's me. singing through a ball gag. It really does. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> it just never occurred to me. I was just like, I love it. I just, I'm into it. Oh my God. You've never thought about that's crazy to me. I know, that's you're, you're broadening my horizons. Oh, Soma. Now guys, we all know that a Soma of course is the main body part of a nerve cell. Soma. Nothing but south of market. It's also the name of the ideal pleasure drug in the uh, Huxley novel, Brave New World. Oh my God, so many drugs. So I, I listened, I didn't get all the way through, but I listened to Meet Me in the Bathroom, the, the oral history of this nice time in New York. Just drugs, just so many drugs, parties. The bar's called, place like called Max Fish. And like somebody who threw a party called Motherfucker that they only threw on three day weekends and just like everyone doing drugs everyone going to drink for free because they knew the bartender only the bands hanging out together and just the, the whole thing just feels like everything you thought new york was it probably only lasted like 10 minutes but oh. feels like the whole the whole scene and then look there's rob and jenny going to the one nice restaurant they know on the upper east side <laughs> over and over no and they didn't over. go up that far actually there, there was a there was a talk about a party that was on 21st street and they talked about how hard it was to get people to go all the way up to 21st because yeah. that, that was a stretch that's that's classic. That's a classic bit, Aaron. So when would you listen to this album? I'm curious. Like, when is the right time for you guys to listen to this album? Is it in the car? Where, where are you guys at when you're listening to it? This was a car album for me because I had it on CD, so it was it was in my CD player in the car all the time. Now, like, I'll put it on in the house, but yeah, for me, it was a car album. You know what this for me is? I knew every song on this album through my Pandora playlist. I've never listened to this album once. I knew every song through my Pandora playlist i i've just heard all these songs so many times that i can sing them all for you it's it's crazy i didn't realize it, how much this album like affected me until i listened to it rob you have a rooftop patio at your building have you ever listened to this while you were rocking out at a rooftop party that would be a great idea oh my god that's a great idea well that's what booze and vinyl said <gasps> to do you should be rocking out to this album on a rooftop party and so they say, before you drop the needle, hike a cooler of beer up to the roof, then pass it around <sighs> limes and hot sauce Brilliant. to get this party started. Yeah. No frills, just chill. That's the night's mantra. So tonight on side A, booze and vinyl suggested a spicy lager in lime. You guys oh, want to hear what's in it? I do. I do want to hear it. I cannot wait. to. I'm, I'm just. That's my kind of shit right there. That's ooh. That's a combination of what the spice is that makes it spicy. And then what Russell has instead of that spice. Oh, my God. I can't wait to hear this. You some tain. So the first thing they suggest is twelve tain, ounces lager style lager style style beer. Chill. So a lager. Yeah. Nice. Good start. One ounce of fresh lime juice. As you guys can see, I've got fresh limes right here with fresh. me. Fresh. He's blowing my mind. A new man. And then one bar spoon. I don't have a bar spoon, so I used a regular spoon. <laughs> yep. Of Good hot start. sauce. I use Frank's Red Hot. I figured, I figured you guys could appreciate that. Good choice. So that's what a spicy lager and lime is. But. Yes. Oh. 
The one thing that I made me really come through is they say that this is the perfect drinks for nights when you don't feel like bussing. The Strokes drank Heineken, the green bottles made an appearance in all their photos, but they famously refused to sign a deal to promote Heineken. But well, in honor of the Strokes, my lager tonight is a Heineken. There you go. Oh, my That is God. fantastic, Russell. You nailed it. Russell. So what do you guys, are you hot saucing your beer, guys? Do you ever do this or not? Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> what? What is I, going on? Dude, yeah. Man, like, are you a hot sauce in your beer guy? And Aaron just goes, oh, yeah. You know what, Aaron? Uh-huh. That's your left field take of the week. Wait, We're agreed with Russell. Really? <laughs> what the hell? Is you didn't even think about it. Oh, I went I went to the Giants game last night in San Francisco and pull up to my seats and look behind me. And there's a Michelato stand in Oracle Park, and I was like, fuck it. I'm a Giants fan now. I don't care. They got Micheladas here, and you can choose between Modelo Classico or Modelo Negra. Like, it, perfect. Just the most perfect thing. So I'm, I'm a Michelada guy so, through and through. And if I don't you have— you got a Coors Banquet. I had both. I mean, what, what oh. you think? I had one drink? Yeah. Russell, you <laughs> idiot. That was, that was stupid of me. You're right. <laughs> Wait, if Michelada has hot sauce in it? Yeah, I mean, it has, oh, like, tomato and some spice and then usually, like, a chili salted rim. See, I, I don't drink beer, but I have always kind of wanted a michelada because I think the name sounds fun. Oh, so good. One of my favorites. <laughs> oh. But if I don't have access to michelada mix, I'll just put some hot sauce in my beer. It's a great idea. Plus, I would Man, say, would you ever instead drop of a little, I want a, beer a michelada. No. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> no? Sorry. No. Talked over you guys. Oh, my bad. That was my fault. Man, That's just a full no. Absolutely Man, not. I just want you to picture this, okay? You're you're in North Dakota, okay? A, a state, by the way, I just want to remind everybody, has a lot of stuff, okay? Some people said some stuff last week that was not nice. Um, <laughs> I a lot of stuff there. Once again, I don't have time to go space. into it. I mean, there's oil fields and, and other things. Now, Air Force Base. You're up there, Aaron. You're all drinking. You're all, get your koozies out. You're drinking your beer. And you pull out some Frank's Red Hot and start dumping it into your beer. Okay, is everybody going to be like, "Ah, yes, I also enjoy putting hot sauce in my beer," or are you going to be kicked out of the bags tournament? You'd probably be kicked out of the bags tournament. Yeah, yeah. yeah does anyone salt their beer there? Does anybody put salt in the beer? That's a Wisconsin. I, thing. I'm not sure. No, I don't. And my brother puts uh, olives in his beer yeah, sometimes. I, I think it's one. kind of a a version of the salt, but. No, I don't know. God, I mean, I wish this, I all beer. this, I've, I, not to get too far to the end, but like, I've been trying to figure out where this album fits in my life and it doesn't fit in my life. Okay. Cause really? like, I know all of these radio songs, right. But this is post grunge post mm-hmm. kind of that really heavy 90s stuff that I like. Right. And kind of got into this really light poppy kind of rock to me where, you know, the guy's not even singing, he's singing through a ball gag, right. You know, which works, <laughs> it works for him, you know, but then it, now that we're talking about like the perfect beer for this is to put lime juice and hot sauce in it. Like it, you know, that, that makes, <laughs> yeah. it makes complete sense where makes this sense. album fits in and it's just, it doesn't fit for my life, which is perfectly fine. Right. But I like the songs. I like a beer. I like the idea. I like you, Rosie, all this stuff. It's great. But I'm Feels like, good. where does this whole thing fit? Where does like vampire weekend fit in? Where does some of these other like right. random kind of poppy rock bands tapes fit in. I don't know. On drugs, right? I think on the personality yeah. graph, you have Matt on one side and hipsters on the other side, right? Like that's, that's where it is. And this is a, the strokes are a hipster band, right? They are the, they are, they are, you know, especially band. when they came out, like if you knew the, if you knew the strokes, 
You were putting I mean, hot like, sauce in your beer. Yeah, That's you put hot sauce in your beer. Yeah. But Karen O was a big fan. I mean, she, Karen O was part of this scene too. So, the, you know, the yeah, yeah, yeah's came, came out of the yep. same scene. And that's one of the crazy things. Like, I'm listening to this, this book and Karen O's just talking about, like, how sexy these, gar, these guys are. And it's like so much sex. And then, like, the guy from LCD Sound System punched Chris Robbins from, from, from the Black Crows in a bathroom. And so there were, like, fights and sex and, like, drugs. And these guys weigh, like, 116 pounds. Like, it's just a weird scene, man. A weird scene yeah and like you, you i was trying to figure out like where did the, this this is is this a new york band right yeah well th- these guys met at some like swiss boarding school yeah. you know like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like all this like this weird connections right. and the guy's mom was miss denmark and his dad ran this you know model agency and stuff like that like that's not new york it's i mean maybe it's new new york and i knew those you things know? too i just chose not to include them on my earlier summation of the album um, can you imagine going to a Swiss sporting school? They'd be like, today's we're going to eat chocolate. You'd be like, yay. Be some fun, dude. You're about to play my favorite track, but I do want to know, Russell, what's your review of the lime and hot sauce beer? Would you drink it again? It's actually really good. I'm not a hot sauce person. Mm-hmm. I was a little worried about this. When I was sitting there, I had one beer without it because I was like, I can't, I, if, if it ruins my whole night with the first sip, I'm going to be in trouble. But it's actually really good. I would highly recommend it. I would I would check it out. I would love it too because sometimes I'm always worried, like, will I have diarrhea? And with this, I know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to know for sure this is what's going to happen. Next up, plan accordingly. Next up is stay out of here. I've got to pour this water down the toilet. Stay out of here. <laughs> Stupid burn door. <laughs> Long shower. Uh, as Aaron declared, this is his favorite song, Barely Legal. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> I was um, wrong. Oh. No, Aaron said it wasn't that. No, I, 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 was, I, was, I got confused where we were at. Someday is my favorite one, but I do like this one. Julian Casablanca's dad dated a 16-year-old model when the dad was 41, so they think the song might be a little jab at that. Oof, yikes. Oh, you guys want to I read this guy. Jokes he, was the, he was the founder of a, a model company that discovered Cindy Crawford and Giselle Rob. What, what if what if your dad, when he had those uh those disco balls up in the back room all the time, was bringing home world famous supermodels like Cindy I'll, Crawford and Giselle? I'll tell you what, any guy who starts a model company is probably fine. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to worry about it. He's probably a fine guy. Listen, no, some no guys worries. just love. The world of modeling and they want to find people to help and it's not a skeezy thing at all and they also don't want to build a volleyball court with models down in uh in mississippi can you imagine hey i'm gonna start a just just me saying i'm gonna start a model company yeah great like what how hey do you want to be a model yeah hey i want to start a model company we're like a perfect fucking pair like we should get together and do this Aaron, what makes this your favorite song on the album? Someday is actually my favorite coming up. Uh, it's, oh. it, it, I, I was, I was, I got confused where we we're at, but I will say about barely legal. It, it is uh, sort of, to me, it's more of a nod to the dance scene. And there's a lot, uh, again, LCD sound system is the one band that I can remember hearing about. That was much more about dancing. And there, there is a lot of uh, interviews I listened to, they thought a lot about how like they would go to rock shows and nobody was dancing. And so they were trying to make danceable rock music. So I think barely legal. You hear that a lot now, right? Like the killers, neon trees, AJR, you know, all these newer bands, you know, that are very much like you can shake your hips too. So I I love this album. It's 30 minutes long. Each song is about, 
two minutes and 45 seconds, three minutes. I mean, you, this is great. You can peel right through this album. It's, it's so much better than that Elton John double album. Like this is, it's the length of the songs and the length of this album are perfect. And every song I think is somewhat danceable and they all sound so similar yet so different in some way. It's, it's, I, it's great. Some day. Can, can you repeat that? Did you say, so I can write this down. Is it the length of this is perfect? Is that the length of this is perfect? It's perfect. Can we get a soundbite yeah. for that? Yeah. It's not, it's not too long. It's a perfect length. This, I love the guitar in the background is so fun. Yeah. It's kind of like noodling along. It's just great. I was going to ask you guys, is this like an all-time guitar album or what, what do you, where does this rank in the all-time guitar albums? Is it, is it up there or not even close? I would have trouble saying it's all-time guitar album. I think it's a... Yeah. S- How did you describe it? The sound. I don't... I don't know. But it's, it's a just, unique sound, and it is very guitar-driven. You're right, Russell. And they're using guitars in a, in a different way than other bands. I did read that one of the guitar players, Albert Hammonds, his dad was a very prolific songwriter, yeah. and he wrote for Celine Dion, Aretha, Willie Nelson, wow. Ace of Bass even. He wrote wow. one of his big hits was... I believe it's One Moment in Time by Whitney Houston, Aaron. I don't know if you know that one. Oh, yeah. He also wrote Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. Wow. Wow. I'm kind of curious, like, were, were your guys' parents... Yep. Were your guys' parents musical? Like, uh, this guy's got to have a huge advantage when he's got a singer, you know, songwriter oh. dad, like... Aaron, were your parents into music or what was your background? How did you get into music as a kid? Yeah, I mean, well, for me, it, it comes from uh, my grandfather was a music teacher and his wife, my grandma, was a pianist. Uh, so the two of them. Nice. But uh, that's on my dad's <laughs> side. But my mom was always all about music. There was always music on in the house. And my dad's a huge, huge music fan and and has a has a great singing Yeah, my dad's a music fan. He is an enthusiastic singer, has a great voice. So uh, for me, yeah, my parents were definitely musical, but it came from my, from my grandparents, yeah. Oh, that's just what my kids say about me too. I spent a half hour at Coach Patrick's house a couple of weeks ago, right? Coach yeah. Patrick's got the band, you know. And Seafarer. Seafarer, he's going to be joining Mumbato pretty soon. So he is. We're yeah, we're 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 officially on the Mumbato. Uh, yeah, yeah, Russell, you would know this. Yeah, so he's going to be he's going to play guitar for Mumbato now. Wow, that's a big deal. Yeah, and so, but we're over there, and he's got all the amps, he's got all the, he's got a drum kit, he's got a keyboard, and all this stuff, right? And I'm like, oh my god, my kids are just behind the eight ball. Cause coach Patrick, you know, he's got all the little guitars and yep. the kids are down there yep. and they're banging on the drums and all that stuff. And it's such a great environment to learn music as opposed to my house where I know nothing about anything. We've got a piano and the kids take piano lessons and all that stuff. That's great. No. Yeah. And so we got to get over to coach Patrick's house more often because they can just wail on the electric guitars and the drums and everything. It's great. I think the good, Speaking of, the good thing about your music kids, though, Oh, sorry. The good thing oh, about your you kids, go. Matt, is that they oh, know, sorry, but I'm going to keep going. They know the ins and outs. Of, the good thing about your kids is that they know the ins and outs of Jeff. I'm so sorry. I talked over you. Just, but just, you just hear me out on this. It's really, but let me just keep going. Go ahead, I, Russell. I was going to say, it's, it's a good thing. We're giving all of our, our store money to that charity, that music lesson thing that Aaron was got. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too bad. I had to divert some of it to that volleyball court. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's actually bad what they did, Russell. I looked into it. It's actually not good. Okay. So probably shouldn't make jokes about it. I was going to say that Albert Hammonds, that guy who whose dad was the songwriter, it was interesting that he said the moment he fell in love with music was when he saw a show on the life of Buddy Holly. I was like, what about the bopper, man? He oh, was into no. Buddy Holly, but oh, not no. the bopper. Can you imagine a band coming out and being like, hey, who are your big influences? He's probably like, they're like... <laughs> Yeah, that's probably the Big Bopper. I would say the Big Bopper is number one. <laughs> I loved the part where he talked to the woman and then sang the same song. It's the only one I know from him. It's like uh, he did what? Yeah, well, you know, he only had two hits. You're going to what? I've heard. <laughs> he had two hits. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and say it. Hold on. Go ahead and say it. Get it out. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Well, yeah, Who were the two hits? Well, you know, he had Chantilly Lace. That was his number one hit. I think that <laughs> yeah. got up pretty high on the billboard. <laughs> What was the other one? And some people say, you know, how would you, like, that's so high. What are you going to do? I mean, you, aren't you worried about when that's not a hit? You're going to hit the lowest of lows. Yeah. And it turns out he did. He, he hit the he lowest did. of lows. Uh, Below the hard deck. And don't. Oh. The hard deck for this flight is 300 feet. I'm requesting the opposite of a flyby. Um, here's the thing. Oh. What? You guys, see, you bait me into this. This is not good. Um, I was going to do a bit about uh, uh, the Big Bopper doing a something with a ball gag, but I can't think of it. Oh, my God, we have so many songs left. We're we're tripling that. Someday you can do that, man, Rob. Maybe you can do it when we're alone together someday. That's the Big Bopper with the ball gag. By the way, Aaron, do you think that Someday is your favorite stroke song because it had Richard Karn in the video? And it made you no, it's of, my favorite oh, because oh, I realized oh. it's I like the lyrics when he says like it, it, it you know he says my fears they come to me in three and then this thing about you say you want to stay by my side darling your head's not right and I'm telling you like this was this time in my life when I idealized like wouldn't it be great to be a mess and just be like I'm such a mess but you want to stand by me anyway and like that's not actually that cool but I, I enjoyed the lyrics right. would it be so great to pretend your life is a big mess and kind of spiraling out of control like you're staying up late too many nights and like, <laughs> you have too many bad habits that have taken over i mean that'd be great that'd be hilarious and this is not related by the way but i just realized my zipper is down in my jeans ironically okay <laughs> not intentionally this is the way it is ironical <laughs> all right alone together and that's a title that makes you think Ugh. i'm telling you guys the pre-chorus of these songs are so good it gets you jammed what it's a pre-chorus it can actually get you pregnant. You got to be careful because the pre-chorus can also get you pregnant. Well, I'm going to go. Using the rhythm method, you got to, you can't, you got to be you gotta careful. stop before the pre-chorus. I don't know. It's like the part before the chorus. It's like the, I don't know, but they call it the change. I don't, it's, listen, it's, can on, have a it's on genius.com. I know you can have a post-chorus, but can you ever just have a chorus? <laughs> Rob, Rob's always been a very staccato rhythm guy, right? Oh. Rob, you got to keep that rhythm staccato. That's true. That's pretty angular. Lately, lately, my marriage has been more vibrato. All right, let's get into last. But everything's fine, right? Everything's fine. Last, everything's fine. Marriage is going. Is this the most famous song? Is this the biggest hit? Yeah, this is the big hit for a reason, right? I mean, this this is a fucking perfect pop song. Does this intro remind you of a song? Probably. Are you gonna play it? No, I'm just wondering. No, yeah, we're just doing an association. It's based on this song. Oh, oh, that's yes. a rip off. Whoa, yeah, fully ripped off. 
Listen, it's about, you know, it's about the thing Aaron loves to collect, American Girl Dolls. Aaron's oh, yeah. got them all. Got them all. He, he knows all got their all names. He sets up a little... Man, uh, it's, the same, it's the same bass sound, too. Jeez, they ripped off the entire song. Oh, I actually yeah. heard, I read they ripped, maybe you have it, Rob. I don't know if you have it, but I, I heard they ripped off the bass line from The Cure. Jeez, how and the hell? They, they pretty much said it was like a straight copy is what they said. Wow. Which song? I wonder that. I don't know. I don't have it offhand. So <laughs> I don't know. We haven't had Tom Petty yet. What, what this one fourteen? No Tom yeah. Petty yet. I, don't know. I had I had my I had my uh, my vote for rolling or for the, uh, the the patented and often quoted yeah ending. Everybody reading. loves but it. But I think I got to change it after hearing that. I don't know. Yeah, but tough. I was gonna say that that song can go on any radio station. It can go on yes. top yeah. forty. Mm. It can go on rock. It can go on easy. It can go on any radio station, which I think makes it. Uh, why it's so popular. Is it on your top hundred list, Matt, or no? No, no, no. <laughs> not, not your style. Yeah. <laughs> oh. American Girl might be now, though, all of a sudden. No, that's a that's great song. A great song. Yeah. The question is if you were the last night, who would you joust? You know what I mean? Like it's just you. <laughs> last are you night. In, are, you in a, are you in a joust match with death? <laughs> I don't understand now what you're, you're saying. It's going to throw off the it? rhythm for the whole podcast. See, that's what you guys did. That's what you guys. I, can't believe, I can't believe Death hasn't even called us at this point. We've been talking about Death so much. We can't even get a fucking phone call from Death. One of Rob's favorite topics. You don't. No, you don't want that. And by the way, I'm changing. I'm a changed man. Okay. I, mean, I, I did. I made a list the other day of things I need to change in my life. It lasted you did? one day. Well, hold on. What's on this list? <laughs> huh? Well, step one was make a list, and I haven't gotten around to that yet. But it's, <laughs> make a list so you can remember the things. That is and- good. When I make that list, oh, baby, wait till number two. It's going to be something real good, I bet. <laughs> number two, relax. Just go with life. Don't worry about that volleyball thing. Okay, hard to explain. Rolling Stone said this is the 59th best song of the 2000s. Yeah. I think this is my favorite song did you hear that false ending oh, there? What yeah. do you guys think of the false ending oh, in the song? It's so cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't argue with it, man. I mean, it, it, it's a good choice. And it does, like, set up this expectation. And then also, again, are they using a drum machine on any of this? Do we know? They said, that, a they, lot of they said that, right? that they wanted the album to sound like it's a drum machine in some parts, even when it's not a drum machine. Okay. I'm not sure huh. if it is a drum machine. I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't know. They recorded a lot of it live. Now the I mean, next that's song. Then, if they did. No, did, hold hold on one sec. You guys heard that false ending? Did you guys know that uh, false ending was actually a classical music device used by Joseph Haydn? For oh. example, he would include applause in the in the wrong place in the finale of his string quartet, Op Thirty Three, Number Two, nicknamed the Joke. So oh, false right. endings have been around. I've heard thirty-one, but I haven't heard thirty-two. So, but we've heard these before, right? Like we heard it on Bold as Love. Helter Skelter, I think, has a false ending. Yeah, yeah, uh, Marquee yeah. Moon, we heard one a few weeks back. You know, another one that had a false ending. It wasn't on the list, but Chattahoochee had a false ending when we did the when we did the the music. What was it called, Rob? The video, video breakdown. Breakdown. So I thought we could do a list of the other greatest false endings in music oh, history. I love it. Nice. Very excited. Five, four, three, two, that was a false ending there on the sound <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I would call a false ending? Winter. I mean, a false ending. I thought we called it autumn on this podcast. Oh, God, that's right. It's like, I thought it was like when you put a letter in the mail 
in the fall. It's a fall sending. Fall sending. Yeah. I, well, I was going to say <laughs> falls ending. I mean, that sounds kind of like the big bopper, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Falling in this plane is the worst thing ever. I cannot imagine anything worse. No, I can think of one thing. What's his name going down the sunny, going down the uh, skis, ski hill? Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> False there was ending. also some false endings on that peewee balloon deal, right? You yeah, thought it was true. over numerous yeah. times. That was God, was that funny. That's some funny <laughs> shit. <laughs> so that was originally my number one on the list, but we don't repeat songs on this podcast. So the first, the greatest, one of the first song on the list is from 1962. We've talked about Stevie Wonder before. This is when he was a kid. This is Fingertips Part 2. Check oh, this out. Yeah. Uh-oh. So he, he stops, and then he kicks it back up, and he keeps going. Harmonica. Yes. And Aaron, you might know this, so I think this was the first live recording to make it to number one. Was it really? the youngest ever artist to have a number one hit. He was 12 years 12, old right? at this yeah. point. And I, I could be wrong. I think Marvin Gaye played the drums on this. I think you're Is right. Is that right? Yeah, I believe you're correct, yeah. It was, it was a Motown record, so. One of the, <laughs> that harmonica one of the note is still things. going. Do you guys believe I have this sound clip still, by the way? Everybody say yeah. <laughs> that one's got to stay. Go ahead. Yeah. But one of the cool things about that, so Wonder's like feeding off the crowd during this. And yeah. so the, the song is supposed to be over and the band is clearing the stage and the next act is coming on. And he's just into it. So he starts playing again. So you can actually hear there's a bass player ask, what key are we supposed to play? Oh, so maybe Rob, play it again. Oh, and listen nice. really close. When they <laughs> kick it back in, you'll hear the bass player. Oh yeah, right there. What key? What key? key? Right oh, there? Yep. That what is key? Fantastic. Whipping post. Uh, a few years ago, is it Julian Casablanca? Is that the lead singer yeah. for The Strokes? Yeah. He he uh, he had his own personal website. And he put up a new page called Master Mixtapes, where he talked about his introduction to artists that he deemed to be universally super cool champs. It included Lou Reed, Bob Marley. Stevie Wonder. There you go. Now, I also want to remind you, you of a famous Stevie Wonder false ending where they were playing Wild Wild West with Will Smith and Cisco. And you guys know I love to talk about Cisco. And yeah. they all left the stage at the MTV Music Awards, leaving Stevie Wonder out there by himself on a piano. So, and then somebody had to come out and get him. So there you go. Next song on the list, we've talked about this once before. This is the Stooges TVI. Check this out. Oh, yeah, we heard this album. Oh, it's over. Oh, no. oh it's back. Love but it. doesn't this feel like a, it's kind of another garage band? There has to be some influence oh, with the sure. Stooges and the Strokes, don't you guys think? Absolutely, yeah. 1,000%. God. That is such a good song. You. Yeah. Next song on the list, 1991. This is Guns N' Roses' November Range. Jeez. Oh, ah. Oh, thank God that song was over. Two guitar <laughs> right. solos. It was yep. so long. Oh, wait, wait. Hey, now the slow, stuff, now the slow dance part is wait over. Minute. Wait, what do you do? Wait a minute. What's that wait, noise? I, was, I thought I was slow dancing. <laughs> but wait, I have oh a God. question. Does, does everybody need somebody? Hmm. What do I do? Do I go stand on the wall now? Because the slow dance part is over? Can someone take the ball gag out of my mouth? <laughs> Who needs somebody? 
Who needs somebody? Everybody, Rob. Everybody needs somebody. What? Who needs somebody? Everybody needs somebody? Excuse me, I have to go jump into this cake. Actually, I think uh, there were three members of Guns N' Roses, Slash, Duff, and Matt Sorum, who actually appeared in the video someday. They were doing the family feud. I don't know if you guys remember that, but they were in a music video with the Strokes. And guess who hosted Family Feud is Richard Karn. That's why I brought up Richard Karn. There you go. Good job, everyone. The the one celebrity where you know that his balls look like his face. (laughs) Like, if you looked at Richard Karn and his balls looked just like his face, you'd be like... Yeah, he's kind of like Thick, that, well that light hair and maybe a little flannel. You'd be like, well, oh, makes sense to me. <laughs> like, picture another celebrity. Can you picture their balls? Like, Hulk, okay, Hulk Hogan. I mean, we know they're like orange. They're bright orange. <laughs> Listen, Aaron, no more of this. Come on, let's move on. <laughs> Next song, on the, oh, well, well, we're going to go right back down the 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 dirty hole here, but oh, the next song on the list no, is the from dirty, 2006. Oh, the dirty, dirty hole. Oh, from like 2006, it is from Lonely Island, Dick in a Box. Yeah. Make a open the box, and that's the way you do it. Oh. My dick in a box. My dick in a box. Oh, yes. Ooh, that's awesome. good. That is right? good. The dirty hole. Uh, that's nice. I mean, it's a very well done parody song. Christmas. Box. Wouldn't you guys love to hear a really well done parody song? Like, wouldn't that just be like really the pinnacle of yeah, comedy? We don't ever get to hear those. Do <laughs> so we? fucking hurtful. You know that's hurtful. I, do you know I had to sing "I'm gonna fuck you in the aisle of Home Depot today" in front of my kids? In front of my kids, they're just. And you know what they did? Nothing. They're used to it. That's even worse. This podcast has ruined my life and my family. Now. Casablancas was actually featured in one of Lonely Island songs. It was called Boombox. I don't know if you guys ever remember that, but he was Ooh, in the video for that. Don't recall. Last song on the list is this is not a band that I know very well, but supposedly there's a great relationship between the Strokes and this band. You guys know the Arctic Monkeys at all? Oh, yeah. I've seen the Arctic Monkeys. I saw the Arctic Monkeys at first Ave. They're the British. Last song right? on the list is last. I think so. Yeah, it's yes. Brainstorm. Check out the fall sending on this one. Yeah. I saw them and there was a rugby team in attendance when I saw them and they brought the rugby team up on stage and then, then like shit just got real wild from there. Oi, oi, oi. The Arctic Monkeys, one of their, I think it was their 2018 out. Mal- album their their lead song on the album the first line under one of the first lines said i just want to be one of the strokes <laughs> and then and then on instagram the lead singer for the strokes put a picture of him on the cover of their album and just it said i always wanted to be in the arctic monkey so there's obviously like a big That's respect so between those That's beautiful. those two bands but i i love those false endings and songs we've talked about them before i think Oof, it's a great way a nice great way to turn it up in a song right i love it yeah there's another Amp up to anticipation. Wait, that was easily. That was a false ending there again. Rob, we're we're gonna fuck with people so bad when we do the real ending at the end, and they think it's a false, and they just we're gonna we're gonna put like an hour of blank stuff at the end. Let's just let it roll for an hour and make people wonder when that's coming back. When they hear these false endings, they're gonna look at their phone and think something's wrong. Okay, and definitely not just go to their (laughs) next podcast. Like. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I listened to enough where I can have a conversation with Russell about it. I can text him something. He thinks I'm listening. The, the next song 
is on the international album, the next song is New York City Cops. Now, obviously, this was released basically right after 9-11. So close, in fact, that the uh, Strokes CD, this song was taken off and replaced by Hard to Explain. Yeah, I never knew this song. Um, Hmm. But the vinyl was made before the CD, so the vinyl in the U.S. actually has this song on us. On it, this is a more of a Ramones. I mean, pure punk. Yeah, the more sound driving. Is much, much lower fi. Yeah. Feels faster, doesn't it? No, I didn't mean that at all. Yeah, you can definitely hear the punk influence here. I read about a band that sort of kicked off this whole scene called Jonathan Fire Eater. They were from DC. And this to me sounds a lot more like the Jonathan Fire Eater sound. It's not that bad. I mean, all they say is New York City cops aren't very smart. Like it could have been a lot worse. You know, like you could but say you like, oh, well, Oakland cops are criminals, or like you know they sex traffic people. You know, like those are things you could say. This is a time where George Bush threw out a baseball. We we're all like, goddamn, America's <laughs> back, baby. Anyway, he threw a strike. I mean, in his, in his, you know, I gotta give him credit. He threw a strike. Well, and that mission was accomplished. So we're set. <laughs> Still well, listen, working on that one. Trying your luck, Russell Sylvan. Trying your luck. This song is so good. The drum. Oh. This is a scrunch your face up song. A what song? Scrunch your face up. Scrunch song. your face. Yeah. yeah. For me, it is. I don't ever do a scrunch your face. I feel weird looks, doing it. it. Oh, Russell's yeah. scrunching his face like crazy right now. Looks it's good. a good look for you, Russell. It feels so scrunchy when you do that. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> Russell's finding new things out about his face. Uh, take it or leave it. So we tell our listeners. You know, listening to these songs, and then, Russell, when you play TVI, that's TVI sound is a huge part of this. I think like the singing, the whole sound of it. Oh. Well, there's another person who liked the sound of the strokes. It was Beck. Oh, of course. He said, he said the first time he met the strokes, he was like, who are these guys going to be? And he's like, it turns out they're just like him. They're like skinny jeans guys and everything. And he met him and he's like, holy shit, I've been hearing you guys for a week. What's your deal? And it, the story goes in a very strokes fashion. The lead singer of the band said, you're going to fucking love us. And it turns out he did. So a, a while back, 2018, uh, back in Julian Casablancas in concert covered the human leagues. Don't you want me? Check Ooh. this out. I still love you Beck. Now Beck comes in here in a second. Oh, uh, Yes. So I got to ask you guys, when it comes to covering the Human League with the lead singer of The Strokes, who did it better? Beck did it better. I'm going to say this, though. I do not like it when people fuck around at a concert like that. Like, where you can tell they're <laughs> laughing and having fun. It's like sex. Don't need it. Like, there should be no laughing. It should be very serious. Like, oh, it's a playful thing. We're just having fun. No. We're here to... I paid a lot of money for this, right? <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like sex too, Russell. <laughs> Guys, the Human League, I got bad news actually. The Human League was something I had set up. Uh, it, was a, it was a volleyball league I actually set up down in Mississippi. It's not going to happen. The nicest court. Back did it better. Russell, if you bounce this volleyball 10 times, I'll give you $1,000. Was take it or leave it on this one, or is that a bonus track? Oh. Yes, it's on there. What? 
Uh-oh, we almost missed a song. We just played it. We did? Yeah. We'll play Russell, it again. Russell, scrunch up your face. Listen to this. <laughs> that sounds... Oh, <laughs> look at yeah, Russell with scrunch it. up face. I love it. I can't get it up. Man, my face is like messed up now. <laughs> it's like a crunch for your face, Russell. You're going to have a major face six-pack if you do enough scrunches. <laughs> You think it works with or without the cowboy hat better? With everything's better. <laughs> I don't. Cowboy hat. Russell's scrunching his face, and I can't see the lower half of his body. It makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Listen, Russell, do you know what my favorite uh, bar is that looks like that, but it has little Rice Krispies in it? It's a scrunch. What kind of bar? It's a scrunch bar. A scrunch bar. A scrunch bar. <laughs> Uh, all right, listen, we are at the point of the show where a lot of times we maybe wonder, why did we do this in the first place? Okay. We all said what we think. We all seem to like this album. Matt, I'm still curious what Matt's going to say. I have to say, but this, we have to decide. It's not just, do we like the album? It's, is, does this album belong at 114? Okay. Is that where this should be? Okay. Are the people at Rolling Stone who we think are great. Okay. They did a great job of the list. I mean, if the guys who made the list are also the same guys who designed the website, they've got nothing to worry about because both those things are very, very good. The website's not totally aggravating to use. If we think this list is good. Okay. If we think it's perfect on the list at 114, this is perfect. It should be right here. There's 113 albums that are better. There's a lot of albums that are worse. It's perfect. That is a rolling well toned. Okay. If we think that this album makes me want to scrunch up my face a lot. Okay. Yes. This should be a rolling bone. I'm scrunching my face to this album. I'm at work, guys. I'm at work scrunching my face. Okay. I didn't want to say that, but it's true. Okay. People think I'm the pleasure principal in there. Um, or is this, uh, is this a bad album? That's another, then it's a rolling, well, it's a rolling groan. Listen, I'm so tired. What do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling bone or rolling groan, okay? And if you notice, all those things rhyme with Rolling Stone. And I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that, but it's a little treat I put in, okay? Thank you, everybody, for coming. Just kidding, false ending. Getting all my jokes in now. Russell, what do you think? Rolling Well Toned, Rolling Boned, or Rolling Groan? I like this album. I, I, I've heard some of the hits before, but I'm definitely not as familiar with it as, as Aaron is. But I enjoyed the album. It's something I'll definitely come back and listen to. I definitely like it more than I don't know what you, what kind of music garage band. I don't know what you'd call this, but I definitely like this or enjoyed it more than uh, we talked about the Stooges earlier, Velvet Underground, some of those that maybe are pioneers for this type of music, but definitely liked it more than that. So I'm going to say it's rolling well-toned. I'll come back and listen to it again. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling boned or rolling grown? Man, this is another struggle for me. I'm just, I'm too close to this one. This album exists outside of ranking systems to me. I just, I love it too much. But I almost feel like it's a rolling groan. I don't know. Like, I, I love this album. I'll listen to it anytime. To me, it's a perfect album. But I think there's probably more important albums that could have been at this at this spot. So I'm, I'm going to uh, go against my own judgment and give it a rolling groan. Matt, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling boned, and rolling groan. Okay, and don't think, think about how Tom Petty's dead. Yeah, no, <laughs> oh. try not to every day. And you might think, that, oh, was he dead in that uh, Last Dance with Mary Jane video where he looked like he was dead? That was his normal look. He was normally that pale. That was the dead lady he was dancing with. Oh, I was confused because he kind of—I mean, guys of all the musicians yeah. that look like someday, a dead lady. Someday you guys will hear my story Tom about Tom Petty looks like a that, dead lady. That 
you know, has this whole conspiracy theory that the Tom Petty that we know is not the real Tom Petty. Oh, but you know, he's just a front man for the real Tom Petty. Who's probably still, a, we'll get into that later. Oh, some God. other time. Has that guy ever loaned money to Jeb? Uh, he might've. <laughs> yeah. Do that. There's, there's the, pos- there's the possibility. <laughs> and it's guy? not the guy you think. Oh, it's not the guy, guy you think. Different guy. Yeah, okay. Different guy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, here's the thing. There's this whole indie rock alternative indie rock kind of genre that I don't know enough about, but I like a lot of their like radio hits and stuff. So I'm thinking of bands like, I mean, the killers is kind of on there, but I'm thinking of stuff like fits in the tantrums and imagine dragons and young, the giant and, you know, even like fallout boy and Kings of Leon and some of these groups that, you know, I love parts of all of them. Right. You know, I and so and I think that you know, outside of the Killers, the, the Strokes were kind of the band that kind of kicked this off, you know, and kind of changed this rock, indie rock, you know, college rock into more of a mainstream kind of a music mm-hmm. that got played on the radio a lot more. It wasn't just the college bands, uh, college stations, things like that. They got on popular. Music, we're in commercials, we're, you know, we're in all sorts of movies and everything. So from that standpoint, I think it's rolling well toned, right? I I will listen to this album again. To Rosie's point, there's way more albums that probably should be way higher than it. But from an influential standpoint, I mean, I think it has its place in the annals of history, you know, what we're talking about. So I don't know. That's my take. <laughs> listen, guys, unfortunately, you're all incorrect. Okay, bitch. This is a rolling duration. Every album should be 32 minutes long and every song should be two minutes and 45 seconds long, period. These are the perfect... Because then we can make a two-hour podcast about a 32-minute album. Perfect. Hey, Rob, Rob, can you repeat that? Is it the perfect duration? So it's the perfect length and the perfect duration. It's it's the perfect length. It's the perfect duration. It's just like, you know how Rice Krispie... You know, uh, not Rice Krispie, Reese's cups you know the big cups where they just don't taste right right it's just too big they're too nobody likes them they're too big we like things short okay nice (laughs) and short that's what everyone likes in fact maybe shorter this or even smaller (laughs) i mean it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter what the size is okay nobody uses it anyway so they don't care so next up Next up, by the way, when I texted that picture of Teddy Bridgewater's cock to the whole text chain, I was like, oh, I was like, ugh. They don't know. This is way out of context. They don't know the depths of your obsession with cock. I was like Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future. I was like, listen, your kids are going to love it. (laughs) Listen to the podcast three weeks. You're looking to talk about pleasure principles. They're not hitting yet. They're not hitting yet. Aaron's brother made a point, though. He's like, oh, yeah, I love the evergreen content. And then we're just making jokes in real life for three weeks in the future. (laughs) (laughs) We're Marty McFly, but instead of, we're like Biff, but instead if he took the almanac, he takes like a joke about Liam Neeson's dick. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, I came back yeah, for the future. Great. Check this out. There's an actor named Liam Neeson. He's got a huge hog and he pisses himself all the time. still telling the same jokes. <laughs> Listen, you wait till 114. It's so different than episode 14. Technically, we have got more than a week without a piss pants joke. Hey, wait, wait to go, everyone. Thank you. Okay. Turn that at the clock. Turn that zero over to one. My wife said I've been yes. making them in my sleep. Uh, next up, here's the deal. Next up, where's Alfred E. Newman, the mayor? Okay. Where? 
Well, it's Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of... Just kidding. That was a false ending to the ending. Look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track. I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. What, what did you want me to do? <laughs> play the play the blue. Oh. You <laughs> <laughs> thought it was over. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> False ending. This song sounds much better when you scrunch your face up. Dude. Yes, man. Right? Scrunch that face up. Oh, it hurts my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> What if as a joke, we just made a false ending of the podcast and we never recorded it again? Oh, wouldn't that be funny, guys? Oh, that'd be so funny. That'd be so funny. I mean, but if any other person said that, I'd probably think about it. All right. <laughs>